talking with the experts. Hello and welcome to Talking with the Experts. My name is Rose Davidson from rosedavidson.com and Talking with the Experts is about all things business by business owners for business owners. And today my guest is Len Garza from the United States and Len is an attorney a corporate attorney to be fa- uh, in fact and he's focused on startup companies emerging companies and the middle market he helps to structure businesses to optimize growth and protect their assets he has extensive experience in drafting and negotiating a wide variety of business agreements including those with shareholders vendors clients partners and more he also handles other types of transactions including real estate banking and finance and wills and trusts. Although he's in the United States, the law would um, not be too much different as far as startup companies are concerned. Um, I know that in Australia there are, you know, um, certain legislations and so forth, and I'm pretty sure that that would be the same in the US, but the overall principle would be the same. So, um, Len's been doing this for over a decade. He's representing companies and business owners and other stakeholders. So let's hear a little bit more from Len about how he could help startups and his advice on starting up a new business and what he believes is the good time to be doing that. Hi, Len, and welcome for joining me today. Hi, Rose. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so tell me a little bit more about how you can... Um, help startups and why you think 2020, because we were discussing that previously, why 2020 was a good year to be a startup? Sure. So, Rose, you really laid out what I do, you know, in a very excellent way. And so I'm a startup lawyer. I, I, well, really a business corporate lawyer, but a lot of the work I've been doing lately, especially this year in 2020, and it, it looks to continue on in, in 2021, is helping startup companies. Now, those don't, when people hear startups, a lot of times they think, you know, high tech companies, but it doesn't have to be that. It can be new companies, uh, high tech, low tech, or no tech. So it's startup businesses, uh, emerging businesses and businesses that have maybe been operating for a few years and looking to level up in, into, into their growth. So I help all, all of these types of businesses and some people, you know, the obvious question may be this year with everything going on into 2020, start a business this year, Lev and Rose, that sounds absolutely crazy. You must be mad. Well, uh, you know, tell that to a lot of the business owners, new business owners that I've helped form uh, businesses uh, for this year. And just, you know, one of the exciting things that I like about working in this specific area of the law, this specific section of business law, is you get exposed to so many different areas, the passion of the business owners. And that's, that's what I see every year, but really, especially this year, you know, when there's so much negativity on the news and negative negativity in the world, very easy to find negative stories. Whenever I talk to these entrepreneurs, these, these new business owners, and, and they could be coming from another business they started or from the corporate world, working for a very large corporation, very large company, and they're, they're essentially striking out on their own using all the business experience that they've gained and, and going out and going this direction. It's, 
it never fails to be inspiring to, to watch them and see their ideas grow, even especially in a very difficult year like 2020. Why would, though, someone be starting a business in 2020? You would think that, you know, this would be the absolute worst year to be starting a business. Right. One would think, but when you look closer at the details, Rose, uh, there are definitely opportunities to be had. It's, it's kind of like uh, uh, Warren Buffett's, uh, the quote that he has about investing. I think it, it applies to small businesses. Uh, be... Be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. So when everybody's fearing that there, that there aren't opportunities out there in, in the, the startup context, there actually are. It's counterintuitive if you know where to look uh, and if you have the right idea. A lot of the business owners that I've, I'm dealing with and have helped start it, this didn't just come off as a whim or something that they decided. They had idea and idea or ideas they fought about for a while. The circumstances haven't been right uh, until maybe this year. And I want to be frank. I mean, let's be clear. There's never the perfect time to start a business, right? I mean, there's there are always obstacles, always things that, that can get in the way. Uh, and I guess that's part of the challenge of it. You know, feel the fear and do it anyway. There's uncertainty out there. Uh, and business is an inherently risky endeavor, but you can take calculated risks and go and have something be, you know, very successful if you take the right step. And a few of those right steps are making sure that you have a solid business idea, a well thought out business idea, and that you don't go alone, that you have what I like to call put together a superstar team of advisors. Even though you're, you're a business owner, many people think, oh, it's, it's me on my own. You're actually not on your own. There's no rule that says that you can't ask for and get help. Quite to the contrary, talk to others that have been there before, other business owners, talk to advisors, for example, CPAs, you know, attorneys, business attorneys, uh, bankers, all kinds, you know, utilize your professional network or utilize others, advisors who have that network so you can stand on their shoulders and making decisions and, and make decisions, uh, business decisions with, uh, with your eyes fully open or, as, or at least as open as much as possible. So really to get back to your point, Rose, why would this year be, be a good time? Well, if, if, as long as it's not on a whim and you have a solid business idea and, and you think through your fundamentals, it could be great. Further off, you may be able to actually, the bet on yourself in starting a business may actually be more stable, if you can call it that, than maybe a, maybe looking for another position in a big corporation where due to the economy, due to the pandemic, a lot of them are going through layoffs. A lot of people that are starting businesses feel, well, hey, at least I feel more in control of my own business than I am working for you know one of these big multinational or big national businesses to where you know, essentially you may be just a cog and your whole division may be laid off. So in good times, that argument may not hold sway, but but in in less good times, in pandemic times, uh, there, there definitely is sense to be made of going off and starting your own business if you have fundamentals. Yeah, would you advise um, a startup, not necessarily a company, but even just a small business to have a solicitor or an attorney on on side um 
in the very beginning and, and not leave it until they, there's some litigation happening? I would. I would. It, it's better to be proactive uh, and, and talk to uh, an attorney or solicitor early in the process. Uh, even if you don't know why exactly you would be talking to them, and especially you don't know why. I help a lot of business owners who, you know, very wisely realize there are things that they know they don't know, and there are, the, there are things that they don't know that they don't know. There's a whole universe of considerations. Uh, they're getting into business for their specific business, whatever that be, whether it be technology, say, healthcare, you know, uh, uh, restaurant, manufacturing, whatever it is. Uh, and there are just too many different consideration to take, considerations to take into account. When starting a new business, you can't do it all. Nobody should be an, an expert in all of it. You need, you know, you need somebody on your side as far as taxes, tax implications. You know, that old saying, death and taxes. You can't get too far into planning your business without real tax and legal implications being uh, very important right up front. So I'd say, look, talk to an attorney right off the bat. Uh, and, and this is a multidisciplinary approach. So an attorney, talk to an attorney, have your attorney talk to your CPA or accountant uh, and, if, and have them talk to each other if you already have an accountant or have an attorney. I think as I talk to my clients, it's a multidisciplinary approach there's no one advisor that fits all. Uh, the world's too complex. Business is too complex. But you make sure that you have all your advisors that, you know, the best, uh, the best situations that, that I've seen with my own clients is where all the advisors are in communication with each other. We all on, are on the same page. And we're talking about various implications of whether it be starting a new business, restructuring the business, uh, you know, whether you're seeking funding from outside investors, venture capital, uh, making sure you're structured correctly and what may be the tax implications of some of those moves. Uh, so, so definitely get started in the beginning because it only gets more complex from here on out. So the earlier you can get somebody involved, the better can really save uh, save you frustration and time down the line, the least of which is money. You'll, you'll pay money up front, but the money you'll save down the line will be big, especially in the case of litigation. Because mm. if you're getting a lawyer or a solicitor involved at the time of litigation, odds are you're probably already in a hole trying to get out of the litigation. Uh, and, and most of the time you would have been much better served if you had an attorney involved you know, months or, or even years in advance to be able to to prepare and defend against things like that. So I know a lot of businesses, um, startups especially, don't think about succession planning. What is your advice on that? Succession planning is so big, uh, Rose. You know, no, uh, I don't want to say nobody, but it's very easy to start off with things and not think of the end in mind, right? It's it's very similar to to getting married, getting into a marriage. You know, nobody wants to think about the possibilities of it ending or what would happen. You get into a business relationship, if it's just yourself or with another partner, a couple of other other founders, you're excited, you're enthusiastic. Uh, what do we do? What do we need to do to get this off the ground to grow? That's fantastic. That's great. You absolutely should do that. But part of 
part of the wisdom and the reason to get a lawyer involved is the lawyer will keep you grounded. I'll come in and say, look, that's great. You got you guys and ladies focus on all that. But we also I want to make sure you turn your attention to uh, succession planning. What if one of you dies? What if one of you falls ill? What if one of you just wants out? It's not it, it all works for you right now, but a year, two years, five years or more down the line, one of you realize, you know what, I'm growing apart from this organization or I want to do something else. There should be some type of exit planning, something that's not going to sink the business or cause the business to grind to a halt. And the only way that you can make sure that that doesn't happen is to have a succession planning in place. And what is succession planning? Well, succession planning is having a plan written out in writing with contingencies that happen in a number of different situations that could cause one of the partners or founders to leave the business and detailing exactly what happens when that happens, laying out timeframes for that to happen and how the business is to, to go about proceeding in an orderly fashion. And really the only way to do that is you have to do the hard work. You have to have the difficult conversations amongst all the founders and partners, realize what you want. And an attorney facilitates that. And once you figure out the plan uh, that all of you want, all the contingency plans, the attorney puts that in writing, make sure that's all set out, and then that's certainty. And then you can put that away in a drawer or a virtual folder on, your, on the cloud or on your laptop or what have you and say, look, that's peace of mind. We can put that away and hopefully not have to think about it. Um, until something like that happens. But when an event that would lead to a succession event happening, uh, boy, it's it's a breath of fresh air when you all as business owners can look at each other and say, we have a roadmap for what to do now, rather than, oh, what do we do? Let's call an attorney. I'm dealing with a few situations now where those succession plans aren't in place and they, they are a lot more costly uh, because you're gonna have to get attorneys involved anyway, but they're a lot more costly. There's a lot more uncertainty and a lot more potential for disputes to break out because you don't have a plan that was laid out years in advance. Uh, now everybody's uh, kind of making up the plan as they go along and, and that could potentially lead to resentment and put the business at risk. So. So, so can there planning. be changes yeah. made to a succession plan throughout the time that, you know, that their business is going um, successfully or is it set in concrete? No, you can make, absolutely you can make plans or you can make uh, changes to the succession plan. Uh, many times it's, it's very common actually for changes to be made. Uh, to the succession plan. And that's something where we're having a lawyer or a solicitor on your side, uh, having them as, as what's called a lot of times outside general counsel, meaning that they don't actually work specifically for your company, but you, you have them on retainer, so to speak. Anytime you have a question, you can call them, email them, and there you are. That's the capacity I serve out a lot for, for these companies. But Sure, I have it happen all the time where there's that initial plan set a couple of years down the line, five years down the line or anywhere in between. They want to make a change just because of there's been change in business circumstances and we make the change. We make sure that, they're the, that the proper records are kept. 
uh, that the that the the record keeping is is intact for all those changes, and and you make the change. So that's something that gets done quite frequently. Yeah. So on this show, more often than not, we talk about um, you know the solo entrepreneur, and we haven't actually talked about you know partnerships or people getting into a a, a business, so a proprietary company of. of whatever so and I know the laws are different um, regarding each of those so uh, if you're like a sole proprietor you wouldn't need a succession plan so much because you know you you would have your will and that would be your succession plan for the you know passing of the assets to your family or or whoever being a company as you said this is the succession plan and that's um, you know pretty much set out in concrete that's like a contract between the partners. Um, so getting into a partnership, how easy is it to um, dissolve a partnership? I mean, I'm not quite sure about the, the laws in the US, but here it can be quite cumbersome. Um, you know, what advice do you have for people if they want to actually dissolve their partnership or the, their company? Right. So, so that... Uh, and you're, you're exactly right. It's no different in the U.S., Rose. And I, I would imagine it, this could be the same could be said for many countries around the world that uh, the laws specifically, um, both locally um, within the state here in the U.S., but, you know, geographically and then throughout the whole country, there are multiple layers of laws to, to have to comply with. So in U.S., in the U.S. law and many other countries, the contract, most often than not, the agreement, you know, the, the partnership agreement, sometimes if you're a corporation here in the U.S., it's called bylaws, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's the agreement, the governing document for your entity. So let's talk about a partnership. So a partnership, if you have an agreement, you can lay out the specific situations that would that would result in dissolving the company. For example, uh, if if you had a partnership and someone were to die, uh, in some state, some situation, that would that would be a, a, that would be a situation that could potentially lead to dissolving automatic dissolution of the partnership. Well you may want to make sure that that doesn't happen and that you have a method for replacing that partner or putting somebody in their place, or you want to make sure that that partner, they're gone and due to the laws within that particular state or area, maybe their spouse automatically gets their shares in the partnership or their interest in the partnership. Well, a lot of well, the partners may or may not have a prior relationship with that spouse, but, but in any event, most of the times they don't. And they didn't contract to be in the business, in a business partner with the spouse. They contracted to be in business with the deceased partner. So what happens then? If you don't have a written partnership agreement or a written corporate agreement outlining that, you're going to be stuck in most likely a very difficult and very cumbersome, to put it mildly, situation just because of the law within your specific area and states. And a couple of a couple of things, a couple of ways that could go if you don't have that agreement. Either you're barred completely from getting out or doing what you want to do, or there is a way to do it, but it's very expensive and very cumbersome. 
you may have to go to court. You may have to apply for court intervention. And the court may take a long time, could take months to make a decision. All the while, you're racking up costs to try to get this done. All of this could have most likely been circumvented had you gotten an agreement that lays out the instructions for these eventualities at the beginning. So uh, to echo your point, Rose, it can be very, uh, very cumbersome. Uh, to say the least, it, 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 it could be outright prohibited to get it out of a partnership if you don't have an agreement. Yeah, I do agree. I think um, in any situation where there's more than just yourself, always get something in writing, get it signed by a solicitor, um, whatever. Make sure that you have a legally binding document to get in and to get out because um, I think it, it, it can cost, cost you not only money, but it could cost you your health. So absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, any more wise words, Lynn, before we finish off for today? Well, uh, I would just say, uh, you know, when you go into these agreements, uh, you want to make sure, like I like I said earlier, a little bit, Rose, I touched on it's so important is to you want to make sure that you have the right team on your side. There's not going to be one size that fits all. It's not going to be one advisor that fits all. It's not going to be one accountant that fits all. One accountant or one lawyer, it's better than no advisors at all, definitely. But really the, the outcomes, the best situations, the startups and businesses that I've seen well positioned for success and for growth and to avoid problems and issues down the line, avoid litigation, are ones that have advisors and, and that keep their advisors close. So when that business, when the partnership, corporation, whatever type of entity, or even as a sole proprietor, a solopreneur, when you're thinking of a new move to make, a big move for your company, run that by your advisors. They can think of different things of, oh, that's a good idea. You'll also want to do X, Y, and Z before you do that. Or no business owner, maybe you should think about another avenue because if you go forward, you're going to potentially be hit with these tax implications or it's, it's riskier for whatever reason. So uh, it's essential to get the right advice uh, going forward um, and definitely uh, make if you do get the right advice, that, that gets you the best positioning for success in the future. I totally agree with you. Now, have you written any books or have you have time for writing books? Or uh, I'm, I'm on my way to, to that, I think, Rose. I write, uh, uh, I write quite a few articles that I post on my website. I post them on other so social media platforms, uh, LinkedIn most specifically. And really what I try to do by them is I try to educate. You know, I try to educate and and uh, for example, you know, the and even though they're written in the States, as you mentioned, the underlying spirit and the ethos of these articles, they speak to business owners. So the details of some of the articles, uh, you know, aren't as important, you know, for the States, that's fine. But the overall viewpoint um, are, 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 the, are the same across many countries, definitely in Australia and the US. So for example, we talk about common legal issues for business owners, what type of entities one would want to form and the different considerations with that. Uh, attracting and keeping top employees, top talent, top, top, uh, um, top consultants, what have you, key employees, key directors. Uh, stock, equity compensation, different things to think about there. Uh, so there are a variety of different topic, topics I cover, and maybe one day I, I will turn, in, turn, in, 
turn them into a book. So thank you. Thank you for the idea, Rose. I'll put you in, uh, <laughs> in one of the first couple of pages. <laughs> That'll be great. Yeah, I'll sure. look forward to receiving my signed copy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, I would be only too honored to have you write the foreword once, uh, oh, you know, the, the podcast is everywhere. So, so it's a deal. I, I think this is a contract that we have. I, don't know. I think uh, yeah, it's, it. it'll be out in the, like in the world, it'll be out on the World Wide Web. So now we've got a contract. So it's, right, right. it's not in writing, but it's a verbal one. And that means a lot if, it, if other people witness it. So there you go. Exactly. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, Lynn, thank you so much i'll make sure i'll put your linkedin um link in the bottom of the of the um in the comment section uh when i've posted these on the uh social networks and the um the audio networks and everything that um these get posted on so thank you so much for your time today it's been an absolute pleasure i hope that i can speak to you again in the new year it's um having that legal insight is um is really very important for businesses and I think um yeah I think that's a discussion that probably a lot more people should be listening to um because they do try to do it on their own and uh it's it's not an easy journey and if you have those advisors yep as you suggested it can make the journey um a little sim a little easier for them Definitely. It helps you sleep better at night. So, yeah. Rose, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I, I would love to come back anytime, but thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Lynn.